0: this thing. Don't no title again. And I did not leave me a little
1: money.
0: Is it rolling, Bob?
1: That's the opening bell. Thanks to uh, Shane Burley. That little bell, a little bicycle bell, a beautiful—I refer to it as a beautiful black bicycle bell. Nice order of adjectives there. Uh, mounted so nicely uh, on my uh, walker here. I, I don't, still don't have a name for this walker. Um, my Nexus Three, but black was the perfect color, and of course it matches on the other side. I've got my cup that I was raving about last time I was camping. That's up there with the matching. Black duct tape uh, for, you know, holding my beer cans when I'm camping. Uh, anyway, there we go. We want once more. It's quite a nice little ring. Thank you. Uh, two of them came in the package. I'm not sure. I don't really need two on the same machine, but uh, we'll see what happens to the other one. Maybe it'll get re-gifted. Uh, anyway, I am here. It's a uh, Tuesday... March the, not March, August the 29th, 2023, Uh, just after three in the afternoon, and I'm in this little, I think it's called Birkdale Ravine, I'm not sure, I could look it up, but uh, you don't need to do that. It's opposite, it's just off um, Brimley Road, everything I know is on Brimley, Thompson Park's on Brimley, just across the street from here, actually and uh, of course the uh, entrance to get into uh, bluffer's park is on brimley near our uh, home but anyway anyway that's where we are and that's when it is it's now and i've been listening this entire walk this is uh, i guess i'm about 30 minutes into this walk i did this i did the same walk yesterday so i guess here and back could be close to an hour uh, I told my uncle, thinking she'd say, oh, good, good for you. Instead, said, you need to do half an hour every day. And I I took umbrage. I think umbrage is the right word. <laughs> like, you know, come on, hey, I wanted a congratulations, good for you. But uh, maybe her system works, because here I am, out for the second day in a row, and uh, it's a good place to go. It's more or less even. There's only one steep hill, and I, I sort of have to get onto the grass. I can't go down the pavement. Uh, but it's good for strengthening the leg muscles. I got to sort of pull this thing back because when you're when you're walking with the four wheel roller, they want to roll, and if it's downhill, they're going to take you downhill faster than you can handle. So you've really got to dig into the pavement with your feet. So, which is probably a good thing. I can hear some children playing in the background, just little ones. I guess is it? Yeah, daycare center. I guess. Ah, uh, seniors' residence just up a little bit ahead, but this is the turning point for me. And I'm sitting in the shade with a cool breeze that's just absolutely perfect. Uh, not too many people coming around. They will probably look at me and move on when they see me talking into my mic. Um, yeah, so the reason I'm um, doing this exercise, or one of the things that got me out of the recliner... Was reading the section in The Body, which I think I talked about on my last podcast, which was number 960. This is 961, Dixon James, thank you. Um, Reading about the heart and all the work it has to do, and my God, what a job it has to keep us alive. And uh, so that was my thing. That was um, you, Ken. You need some exercise, boy. You got to get up off your ass because it, uh, it. It sort of talked about how easy it was to die—well, heart attack or whatever. But uh, there was a passage I uh, posted on Discord about, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, people weren't dying of heart attacks. They were dying of other things before the heart attacks came. But now it's it's starting in, and a lot of it's to do with people just being inactive. And sitting in the front of the TV for three hours, the big bowl of popcorn or ice cream and a big spoon, and um, so anyway, I will be sharing with you a few uh, a few more quotes from that book. I am just so impressed. I, I, today was um, men's group day. It's the last Tuesday of every month, and I really do look forward to it. And we got a good core. And as I said before, I've, when I've mentioned this. There's a collective wisdom there that's quite amazing. But individual voices, uh, in particular our, our 95-year-old retired dentist who's just in amazing shape and can tell a good story and is, just has all his faculties working. I mean, I guess this guy was very bright to start with, uh, to be a, a Chinese immigrant parents and, and to get himself through McGill and uh, start a dentistry practice, a very successful one. And uh, Anyway... Uh, you know him for one another retired scientist uh a, a, an interesting range of people um that have everybody has something to offer um i apologize once again because I, I sometimes get a little emotional I, I brought out my two books uh we were we on to the subject of science i thought that was my opening i brought out the two by um, bill bryson the body and uh, everything you uh, you almost need to know, or almost everything you need to know, whatever about about life. I guess the universe, everything. It, it's just such a good read, and um, it reacted quite emotionally. I, I I often talk about awe and why aren't we in a state of awe all the time? And uh, but uh, the facilitator, no, Ken, thank you. We need that. We need your voice. So uh, that that made me feel a lot better. Uh, I see. I feel I'm the youngest, although I'm not. I'm uh, certainly, in terms of health-wise, I'm certainly by far, you know, uh, not the healthiest. I, I'm, today, I was the only one in there with a walker. Um, I'm just emotionally immature, uh, and it's one of my great faults. And I, I don't think I'll ever get past this point. I'm, I'm feeling today. I'm feeling a little embarrassed, a little sheepish about. Who I am as a person, like I when well, I go camping. If you listen to the last episode uh, from Voyager Provincial Park, I was a happy camper. Like I was in my element. This is great. I'm in. I'm in complete control, because there's nobody call me out on anything. But but I did have control over when I want to eat and lie down and build a fire, everything, and it was a tremendous feeling of freedom and just that decision to go see my friend uh, in Beaconsfield, and you know it. it, it it felt really good uh, coming home. Reality sometimes hits me right in the face, uh, and <laughs> maybe I'm a nicer person when I'm by myself than I'm than I am when I'm around other people. And, and that heart, maybe I'm a selfish, self-centered, uh, not terribly kind person. You know, I I do so like to think otherwise, but I um I uh, I think I could do a lot better. Uh, but it's not it's a hard thing. I mean, if I you know I'll look around and if somebody was to call me out on that and say, oh yeah, well what about you and this person and that person and say I accuse other people of the very same things I'm uh, attributing to myself that we are all selfish and and sometimes you can get into a place where you think well it's a good thing you have to be 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 who you are um but other times other voices suggest no be a better person don't uh don't settle for who you are because it's uh it's not good enough and that's how i feel today so a little bit down about that but um uh, i am taking my walk which is a step in the right direction i'll prepare supper i'll go shopping after this and uh Last night, I made a very nice pasta dish, you know, the usual burger and uh, spices, and then the little uh, curdicu, whatever, pastas, the little wrinkly things, um, rigatonis or something, I don't know, they're a round spiral, you know. Anyway, it was really good. You mix it all in with the uh, onion-garlic sauce, and of course, you've got onion and garlic in there to start with, a little bit of sausage, oh yeah, it was good. And then I bought, I know we have to have salads in our house. So I bought a package salad, but it was good because it was discounted and 50% off. Uh, But it was still decent, so i got to pull off something similar tonight. Uh, This is a perfect spot. It really is a perfect spot. So, I don't know, I could reach in and Oh my God, nine minutes already. I, and it feels like this is this is just to get me started. It, just, it never feels like I've told you anything. And uh, so let me see. I'm also reading a book on capitalism, which I'm finding very interesting. It's just economic theory, and it, it's stuff that I don't know, but I'm finding very interesting. Um, so 961, I got a ton of notes. The biggest communication problem we is we do not listen to understand we listen to reply now i'm sure i've used that line before uh here actually i've probably done that in the dixon jane zine the biggest communication problem we is we do not listen to understand we listen to reply oh my god is that true of twitter and other forums um Some quotes from the book on the body. These won't be pleasant, but I, I just want to, <laughs> I want to share them. Today, some 40% of us will discover we have cancer at some point in our lives. So 40% of us will have cancer. Uh, many, many more will have it without knowing it. And will die of something else first. Okay. Half the men over 60, 20% of cases, uh, three quarters over 70, for instance, have prostate cancer at death without being aware of it. All right, so there you are. Uh, when cancer cells spread to other organs... Sorry about this cancer stuff, but yeah, it's life and death. Uh, when cancer cells spread to other organs, they don't just turn up and hope for the best. They already have a base camp in the destination organ. So when that cancer spreads, it's sent out other people. Their job is just to survive. I mean, they don't. it's nothing personal. Uh, their job is to uh, do what it is and, and reproduce themselves. The human brain is 75 to 80% water, with the rest split mostly between fat and protein. The great paradox of the brain is that everything you know about the world is provided to you by an organ that has itself never seen that world. Now, that's such an interesting thought, right? The great paradox is the brain of the brain is that everything you know about the world is provided to you by an organ that has itself never seen that world. The brain exists in silence and darkness, like a dungeoned prisoner. It has no pain receptors, literally no feelings. To your brain, the world is just a stream of electrical pulses, like taps of Morse code. And out of this bare and neutral information, it creates for you, quite literally creates, a vibrant, three dimensional, sensually engaging universe. Your brain is you. Everything else is just plumbing and scaffolding. Wow. Now, what writing, too? I mean, that's just, just that's so amazingly put. Again, Bill Bryson, The Body. The brain manufactures all the components that make up our senses. It is a strange, non-intuitive fact of existence that photons of light have no color, sound waves no sound, olfactory molecules no odors. They're all invisible, weightless, subatomic particles of matter traveling through space. All the richness of life is created inside your head. What you see is not what is, but what your brain tells you it is. And that's not the same thing at all. Bam! Holy moly. Drop the mic on that one. Um, The idea that we use only 10% of our brains is a myth. Good, because I've been quoting that, so I'm now corrected. Wake up to the miracle that is life. All right. Uh, I'll save the red cells uh, for later takes 7 billion, billion, billion atoms to make you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what are they? They are mindless particles without a single thought or notion between them. It is somehow, for the length of your existence, they will build... It. It's somehow... Okay, yet somehow, for the length of your existence, they will build and maintain all the countless systems and structures necessary to keep you humming, to meet you to give form and oh sorry sleep and let shape form and shape and let you enjoy the rare and supremely agreeable condition known as life okay that's all 7 billion billion atoms no sorry 7 billion 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 atoms that make you up okay alright gonna stop there is there one more short one Uh, Every hour, your heart dispenses around 70 gallons of blood. Every hour, 70 gallons sent around. It beats 100,000 times a day, and as many as 3.5 billion times in a lifetime. And boys and girls, that is why I am out walking today. All right, so this is uh, Scarborough Dude signing off. Bye for now. Oh, oh. Nice. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah, so that means if you hear that bell... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The advanced listeners will know when I'm recording when I'm out with my walker, or when I'm in the Toyota, or when I'm in the uh, road trek, which has the big bell sound. So there are are now officially three bells, and uh, each one a different environment so uh, yes, i um my wife is off today. I said, "Can I borrow your car? I've got to go out for my walk." I decided I'd hike my walk this morning. I usually do it in the afternoon. really glad I did. There's more people out walking uh the majority' I'd say ninety percent uh smile or send a greeting, even though I'm walking with my uh, earbuds in, listening to Mark Marin. um talking with uh you know, I could find out if you need Jeff Stillett or somebody. Who's just written a book about um, fascism in America and uh, the power of the religious right, and uh, you know the fascist Christians and so on—a a depressing talk. But of course, I knew I had to listen to it because, oh my God! Now I don't think I'm very—I'm sensitive to the fact that I I have at least two American listeners, maybe two and a half, um, and. I don't like to make it sound like America bashing, but there's just no way around it. As a, a, a free-thinking Canadian, if I can use that phrase, um, we're scared. We're afraid. Anything that happens there, we know will impact us. And it already is. The undercurrents, just the trucker's convoy were just a perfect example. Uh-oh, whoa. This just didn't happen on our own. And it's not to say we're off the hook, oh, we're innocent, it's all America's fault. No, there are enough people with similar thinking, uh, ultra-right conservatives in Canada already. We just need a little extra, you know, maybe fuel added to the fire to to get these people stirred up and uh, marching, parading, complaining and voting in conservative governments. So, you know, it's it's not that we're innocent and you're guilty. It's that those forces are uh you know, they've they've been dormant here for a while, but underneath it there's a lot of people who hate fags. For example, uh you know, lock up the trans people and so on. Um I guess I'll use that to uh, jump off. Police in Nigeria arrested more than 60 people in a raid at an apparent same sex wedding early Monday. While Ugandan authorities are for the first time charging a man with aggravated homosexuality on an offense that can be punishable by death under the country's anti LGBTQ legislation, uh, Nigeria and Uganda, among 32 of 54 African nations that criminalize same sex relations. Uh, have some of the strictest laws, etc. Now, this is all tragic news. I'm going to blame religion to a certain part because I know that even if Christians weren't in those countries, and there's a lot in Nigeria, even if they weren't um, enacting this legislation themselves or voting for it, they would not be in support of homosexuals. They Either they'd turn a blind eye, blind eye and let it happen, or... You know, vote for people who are against it because it's a sin in their ter- in their view of Christianity. It's a sin. My God, wake up, you stupid people! If if Christ were around today, these are the first people who'd be hugging trans people and and homosexuals and and gay people and and <laughs> the poor and the downtrodden and everybody else. But it's ridiculous to to, and maybe that's what the Mark Maron shows a little bit about how these. Forces have been twisted to, to suit individual narratives. So uh, anyway, that's just, just terribly sad. I'm going to read more quotes from the book that I've been reading. I have to return today on uh, capitalism. A side effect of mass culture is a gradual disappearance of any serious art. Art which can criticize and transform social reality. So, in other words, mass culture, all the tweets, all the streams, all the reels, all the TikToks. This is just a distraction, and it takes away, uh, removes people from paying attention to, to, I'd call it real art. This is just amusement, cheap entertainment. There's all kinds of phrases for it. But it doesn't bring about social change. It just nulls and pacifies and dulls the senses. Um, last night, I put on the news and went to Facebook and went to Reels. And there's a group of girls who in Japanese school uniforms who dance. And they're very animated and they're fun to watch. And you can just hit that and it's only, a, you know, a minute and then there's another one, there's another group. Oh, and then there's somebody else doing that crazy dance. It's very loud, like oompa music, where they, they gyrate, wave their arms in the air, stick their bums out. And then always oh, somebody else who's being annoyed by this joins in. And it's a celebration. And it's 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 like the, uh, uh, the pink Panama hat thing. It's just a meme that's going on. Uh, and I just continually watch them. They're just fun. They're just fun. They're simple. And this is the dulling of the senses. I'm not watching the news, which is also more of the same anyway. Uh, It's not that this is any worse or better. It's just that I've become passive. My my brain shuts down. I'll just watch these things one after another, after another, after another, after another. The never-ending scrolls. Oh, my God. Mass media is really a tool for constructing people's consciousness on a mass scale. It makes it possible to broadcast the same information to millions at once. So the way the masses think and behave uh, can be um, controlled by a considerable extent by those who control the media. People are practically told how to think and are programmed to keep the technological machine running. Um, some of that the work of Herbert Marcuse okay um that again from that book I know I'm I'm reading a lot of quotes here but I I've, it's from what I'm reading and, and what why I'm engaged in the reading and think it's important um a little more on capitalism or should we just maybe I should just free talk for a while um People people do have more free time um, than they used to. But as consumer culture expands, so do the opportunities for consumption. Even as one is relaxing from work, eventually there is hardly a second of the day in which a person is not busy doing something profitable to someone else. Now, I fear I may have read that already to you, but how many of you would have remembered or care, or think, oh my God, poor Ken. He's uh, really getting forgetful. All right. The rest is from the body. Okay, so I'm going to just park that for a little while. I just want to make a note here on what I've already um, read to you. I'm trying to be uh, you know, just, you know, fair to you the listener, and um, just keep track of what it is I'm wanting to share, okay? So yesterday, I called up my friend Robin, who is in town, she is cat-sitting, I think I might have mentioned that, and uh, went over and was surprised, oh, there's another person here I've never met before, and that was her friend Pam, who uh, Robin has traveled with to uh, Lebanon, Jordan, in the company of The Rock, um, as well as across the states i think they met at university in kentucky studying anthropology i believe and uh, just another very nice person and was quite interested to hear robert and i go on talking about the various individuals who make up our tribe and i kept inserting that word tribe in there it wasn't just a group of friends it is a tribe and uh, we have this thing this rock which is like a signature piece of being part of this tribe if you're in this tribe you know about the rock and uh, so that was that, that was kind of fun having another listener who actually was interested engaged and in asking questions um, so it was, it was good to catch up as Robin and I often do we got into a big argument um, but it's the kind of thing you can only do with real friends somebody else who's a stranger you're just going to dismiss them and oh, well, they're stupid they don't know what they're talking about but with, um, with a good friend like Robin, you just keep on pounding away at each other. <laughs> and either you call a truce or, or whatever. This was to do with uh, the fact that uh, people who travel have, have gone literally further in their life uh, than those who don't. And I questioned the validity of that um, in terms of, you know... It, I felt it was looking down on people who never leave home, or who stay in the same place and don't make wild, crazy um, leaps around the planet, as uh, as several of my friends have. And uh, I'm fully in defense of people. No, they they have all they need at home or close to home. They fulfill their life in the way that suits them and meets their needs. Uh, Where some of us are born with needs that can only be satisfied by putting ourselves in entirely new situations. And so it's not a question of being better than, it's just the way we're wired. Uh, And uh, again, today a photo popped up uh, on Facebook memories from 16 years ago uh, that uh, my good friend Michael Ferguson, the teacher, had um, shared long ago of me and two other friends sitting on our front porch in my little home in Afoa which was part of uh one of the tribal groups in huzaro in bendel state which doesn't exist anymore uh, in nigeria and uh, all that that meant and uh how rich that experience was how important that was for me um lots i could look back on and be somewhat ashamed of um but you know we live in the times and we react to the times and the place and uh Nigeria can bring out different aspects of one's personality. And, uh, boy, <laughs> it brought up some of the, uh, not nicer ones, but, boy, ones that suited me. I, ones that I adapted in a way that worked very well for me. I had a fine two years in Nigeria by um, just, yeah, opening up to a range of experiences. All right, I'm going to park that. I do have a little Alan quotes, Alan, Alan quotes, Alan Watts quote. I've been searching for years for the ideal place. And I've come to the realization that the only place to find is to be it. I kind of like that. Uh, And maybe it relates to what I just mentioned here about traveling. I've, I've been searching for years for the ideal place, and I've come to the realization that the only place to find is to be it, which is, you know, be where you are, be here now, and all of that stuff. Okay? All right. Are we done with that? Um, I do have a couple more from the Capitalism book. I'll skip this one, because most of you know... Um, I'll read from the the body book, because I'm going to be returning that soon, too. Here we are. In the second or so since you started this sentence... That would be me reading it, okay? So the time that it took to start this sentence, a second or so. Your body has made one million red blood cells. Got that? Your body has made one million red blood cells... They're not counting exactly, so don't get particular about this. They are already speeding around you, coursing through your veins, keeping you alive. Each of those red blood cells will rattle around you about 150,000 times, repeatedly delivering oxygen to your cells, and then, battered and useless, will present itself to other cells to be quietly killed off for the greater good of you. Boy, I'd almost like to read that again or read it in a funny voice or something to make you pay attention. But this is the thing that when I talk about the mind and thoughts and evolution and so on, and, and most of the time, completely in life, we completely ignore, we, we don't even think about the reality of our body and what's going on unless it hurts oh my back hurts oh i got a headache oh shit i got my stomachache oh no i shit my pants <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you by the way there will be i should insert it here uh, a little story from stephanie stephanie thank you very much for doing that even though you're off the hook after gluing your bathtub to the ass or gluing your ass to the bathtub Um, you still went ahead like a champ so good for you Stephanie uh, aka Penelope um, for uh, chiming in and uh, anybody else who wants to share a shitting your pants story you're uh, welcome to send it in Um, anyway um, you will be hearing that or will have heard that Um, and that relates to what we've just talked about uh, do you want one more for um, for this thing? How about here? The Your lungs. Okay, we're talking about breathing, and that's why I'm out doing this exercise and walking. I just walked for 23 minutes, by the way, nonstop. That's good. And I'll be another 23 minutes back. Unpacked. You are positively enormous. Uh, your lungs smoothed out. Your lungs, if they were smoothed out, okay, flattened, smoothed out, um, would cover a tennis court. And the airways within them would stretch nearly from coast to coast, okay? That's the airways within them. Um, the length of all your blood vessels would take you two and a half times around the earth. So the length of all the blood vessels in your lungs. The most remarkable part of all is your DNA, is in your DNA. You have a meter of it packed into every cell, and uh, so many cells that if you form the DNA in your body into a single strand would stretch. I think this would be ten trillion miles to be on uh, get on to Pluto. Okay, that's this is these are silly numbers. I'm sorry, but your atoms are just building blocks and are not themselves alive. Um, So I'm very I'm sorry about that one. Can delete that passage. You did a mess of it. How about this one? The paradox of genetics is that we are also all so very different and yet genetically practically identical. All humans share 99 percent of their DNA, and yet no two humans are alike. 99.9 percent. I'm sorry. This is the same in all of all humans. 99.9% are similar. My DNA and your DNA will differ in 3 to 4 million places, which is a small portion of the total. Okay, all right. It's 3 to 4 million place. Okay, 3 to 4 million places where there will be differences in your DNA, but that's a small portion of the total, proportion of the total but enough to make a lot of difference between us. You also have within you about 100 personal mutations or stretches of genetic instructions that don't quite match any of the genes you are given by either of your parents, but are your, not yours alone. So this is why you can't be just a, a duplicate of exactly everything that was in both your parents. There's other things that just... Aren't, uh, don't come from either of them. But I guess this, this this part, and again, that's not so very interesting. It was interesting when I read it. Sharing it's not. But anyway, we're done. Um, it's just that question of why is somebody a serial killer? Why would somebody cruelly kill animals? Why would somebody uh, be like Donald Trump? Why would... Why would people do some horrid things? And yet, so many are just fit within this this norm of being a civilized being who just wants to love their children and raise them and share laughter and joy and be kind and caring. Um, and and it's simply that because this is how evolution works you have to just keep shaking throwing shaking the dice and, and for this infinite number of possibilities which is what gives us the Einsteins and the kind ones and the scientists and the the brainiacs and others and, and others who just are uh, people that don't seem to benefit the advancement of the human race at all uh, but there we are so Anyway, people are nodding at me, and uh, I think I'm done with the sharing. I think I've done a pretty poor job of it today, but I, I just had to get those things out of the way. I sort of read it, and then I dictate it, and um, some work and some don't, but I hope it inspires you a little. I hope you get something out of it. I don't know. <sighs> Scarborough dude, signing up from his walk. i got to make the walk back and uh, get to the library and uh, just... Continue to make good use of the day. I'm trying so hard. I'm more aware of the the passage of time. I'm certainly, after reading this book called The Body by Bill Bryson, recommended. um, It's the thing. Not the doctors, not my wife, nobody else. It is the thing that got me up off my ass and uh, walking for uh, getting the blood flowing and getting that exercise And uh, paying attention to what's going on in my body and what my body needs from me. Me being this thing that I've always thought was not my body, (laughs) but actually is. All right, signing off from uh, the um, place whose name I can't even remember right now, this wonderful little park that uh, has become my new home for walking. Bye-bye.
0: And you asked for a pants shitting story, and I don't know if you realize this, but this is a topic near and dear to my heart. I don't trust any adult over 30 who says they haven't shit themselves. It's just a part of life, it's something we all do, we do it from birth, and we do it sometimes even post-mortem. Ooh, I don't know if you heard that thunder boomer, but it's totally setting the stage for this story. So a fun fact about me is that I'm moderately lactose intolerant, which is in some ways worse than being completely lactose intolerant or allergic to dairy because it means that sometimes I can tolerate some kinds of dairy. It's based on a variety of factors. How much lactose is in the food? What else have I had to eat that day? Um, Am I eating other things that are hard to digest? Am I taking different brand of probiotics that might be affecting my system differently. I've had to learn a lot through trial and error. So last year we were playing at an Oktoberfest and I was all dressed up. I had my German costume on. The costume involves layers. There's usually a blouse or shirt. Sometimes that's kind of long to my hips. Um, Sometimes shorts. I was not wearing shorts that night, thank god. Uh, Long you know, dress fitted in in the torso area and then an apron over top. Sometimes there are tights or stockings, just it's there there's a lot of clothing and it's very fussy. So, after this particular gig, we were by our favorite Indian restaurant called Jaipur Junction. It's on the south side of Parma, Ohio, and it just happens to be nowhere near where I live. So, We went to eat there and I had one of my favorite meals. It's a spinach chicken dish, it's delicious. I have it with rice, I love it. One of the problems with this dish is that sometimes, depending on the restaurant, they use different amounts of yogurt. And yogurt is one of those foods that I just do not digest well. I love it, does not love me. So I thought, great, you know, I know my body. Usually I've got a 20 minute timer before I get home. Uh, 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, I'm about 30 minutes from home. I'll eat quick. I'll go home. We'll be great. This was not to be. We were with a large group. Dinner took hours. It was delicious. Cannot stress how delicious it was, but hours. And at the end, they served us these big mugs of tea. They were so rich. They were thick. They were creamy. I think the tea had yogurt in it or some type of I don't know, something with a fair amount of lactose in it. So I do the drive home and it starts thundering, just like it is tonight. And when it starts thundering and lightning in Cleveland, as you drive towards the lake, you're experiencing flooding in the low-level areas that don't have great drainage because we live on a watershed. So my drive home is taken forever. Now you know what it feels like when you think, am I going to make it? suddenly the pressure's on. I knew things weren't going great for me. And I rounded the corner into my neighborhood and I was like, oh my god, I'm not gonna make it. So this has happened to me before. Um, Being lactose intolerant, I usually have things like wet wipes in my car. I always have a towel and I usually have plastic bags. I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, I'm gonna plastic bag it, but I've got the uniform to contend with. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make it home. I'm starting to sweat. I'm rolling down the windows. I'm doing this thing where I don't want to be sitting because that position is too familiar. So I'm trying to stand up as much as I can while I'm driving. Get into my driveway. I'm gonna make it. I am going to make it. Get my keys out of my purse because uh, my car uh, has the button while my keys are in the purse, they get tangled up in the key ring. So now I'm fumbling at the front door trying to unlock my door and I'm cursing because I'm like, no one's going to rob my house. A robber would break into my house and be like, oh my god, this poor woman, and they would leave me money. Why am I locking my house? And I get in the front door and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I have to save this dress. I don't want to dry clean this dress. So embarrassing. So I'm uh, the distance from my front door to my bathroom is about 15 steps. As I'm running that 15 steps, I am gathering my dress up in one hand and throwing it over my shoulder. Like, I can soil the underwear, whatever, don't soil the dress. I throw my keys in the sink, and as I'm sitting down, as I'm doing the motion over the toilet, trying to get my underwear down, that's when it happens. So, like, technically I was over the toilet, but, you know, It it didn't go the way I had planned. I was so close. I was so close, but so far. And uh, it was was such a tragedy that I had to call my friends and tell them about it, because that's what you do when you're a ridiculous adult and you shit your pants. Because it happens to all of us. So thank you for inviting us to share our tales of being human with you. And I hope you, I don't want to say enjoyed this story, but I hope it made you feel less self-conscious about your own later tater
1: I've learned the trick you have to pull the uh, the little uh, spring back just a little bit further get that bigger bell sound. So uh, here we go. We're starting. I've got exactly uh, 17 minutes to go on uh, this episode 961. I'm out for my walk again. I feel a little guilty. I I didn't make the full distance today. Um, the new shoes I bought are fine for just walking around, but they're not good for this kind of walk. And then I remembered, gee, I used to have a good pair of running shoes at home that I used for uh, you know my exercise, walking and stuff. So That is giving me the allowance I need to give myself to say, all right, you don't have to walk the whole distance today, Kim. I'm walking two-thirds of it. Anyway, we have 17 minutes left, and uh, there goes one minute. Bigger Than Jesus. Bigger Than Jesus. I was thinking of that for a title, uh, just to see if it caught anybody's attention anywhere, you know. But uh, probably not. Um, And this, of course, is uh, anybody who knows Beatles history will know that John Lennon said that back in 1966, around the time of, uh, what's the one with Norwegian? Rubber Soul, around that time. And, of course, the Southern Baptists, just people went crazy and burned their records. And and the Beatles were actually afraid uh, that they might be, uh, you know, physically harmed. Uh, They they were afraid. And that that sort of... Uh, precipitated the the end of their touring. John was really the most pissed and wanted out anyway. um, Some of this information is coming to me from the book I was talking about that I got from the library, In Their Lives, Great Writers on Great Beatles Songs. I kind of scoffed when I saw it and then realized, well, these really are good writers. Uh, They're all published. There's a little bio on each one. And everybody's a different song. They're arranged in chronological order when they came out. So it's really been a a fun read. If you're a Beatles fan, I would highly recommend this book. Um, But um, The Ballad of John and Yoko... I'm I'm reading, I'm just flipping through and picking whatever I want to read. I'll eventually cover them all. But um, this one goes to that incident. I thought I'd just share that with you, just refresh your memories of, uh, you know, my favorite Beatle, John, of course... Uh, Christianity will go, it will vanish and shrink. These These are John's exact words, and of course he was misquoted everywhere in all the teen magazines and so on. Christianity will go, it will vanish and shrink. We are more popular than Jesus now. I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. Jesus was all right, but his disciples were thick and ordinary. It's them twisting it that ruins it for me. So that's John being John. And this is still the height of Beatlemania. You know, there's people who are just crazy about them. Well, boy, did that ever upset a lot of people. Um, And, you know, the rest is history. (laughs) Eventually, that was the end of their touring, Candlestick Park. And uh, they just know, hey, got into the studio, and that's when they started creating some really wild music. I was going to get on to... uh, the white album i was trying to stream i listened to the white album in full yesterday I'm on, but for the past all this week it's been nothing but beatles this book and listening to all their albums i have pretty well everything by them on my uh, one of my uh, old iPhones so it's been great but yesterday i listened to the entirety both albums of uh, the white album trying to think what would i take off because when we when we were at um, uh, Not Podcasters Across Borders, the other one in Hamilton. Um, And Anthony said it would make a good single album, maybe. And so my job was to go through and see which would I eliminate. So I'm going to tell you that right now before I get on to the next topic. What would I get rid of? Oh, damn it. I had them all listed here. (laughs) Uh, The White Album. All right. Um, I guess the other thing, the thing I wanted to say while I was listening, and this is something that I think is coming with age. I'm hearing them in a way I've never heard before. Now, the iPod, the iPhone earbuds really helped the experience uh, compared to my Motorola portable stereo where you could separate the speakers and uh, so on. And you still got stereo. But the way I'm hearing it now is just like never before. I'm hearing sounds I never heard before and, and the richness of the music, the depth It's incredible, and I think I'm just at a stage in my life. It's like with the reading. I'm just appreciating. My eyes aren't better. My ears are worse, Um, but I I have a a new depth of experience, which is is quite wonderful. Anyway, I'm going to get rid of, if I had a choice, birthday, your your blues, everybody's got something to hide, helter-skelter, happiness is a warm gun, piggies, why don't we do it on the road? That's as far as I got. Uh, And others may have different opinions or just not care at all. So if you're not caring at all, we're going to move on to uh, what else I wanted to say about that. Um, John, again, and this is from the book. My life with the Beatles had become a trap. I always remember to thank Jesus for the end of my touring days. If I hadn't said that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus and upset the very Christian Ku Klux Klan... Well, Lord, I might still be up there with all the other performing fleas. God bless America. Thank you, Jesus. And again, a very John statement. Okay. All right. So we're done. We're going to park that. Um, something I've got to get rid of or vent about. Um, a few weeks ago, you probably heard when I left, uh, actually, the podcaster gathering in Hamilton. Um, Marshall McLuhan, podcaster Round tables. I took the 404 to go up and visit the teachers in um, uh, Barrie and then took it on the way back. So I took two trips on the 404. Now the 404, uh, sorry, I said the 404, that's the Don Valley Parkway 404. No, the 407, the 407, I'm going to read about it right here. Uh, the central sections of the 407 opened in 1997, and the remaining—this is this is relevant to anybody visiting Canada—were um, built quickly in the following four years. Of the final segment opening mid 2001, uh, despite being included in the 400 series network—that's the 401, the 412, the 417—all these others, you know, separated three-lane highways. Um, the 407 ETR section is not considered part of the provincial highway network due to it now being privately operated. The segment is operated privately under a 99-year lease agreement with the provincial government, which sold it in 1999 for about $3.1 billion to a construction consortium of Canadian and Spanish investors. So that highway that we taxpayers paid for was sold and the provincial government took the money and I don't know what they did with it. But the privatization of Highway 407 ETR section has been the source of significant criticism. This is this I'm bringing this up now because this is like uh, our premier selling off land. He said he would never uh, develop to put up more housing and getting caught because investors came out with about eight billion dollars. Uh, from these these sales. Uh, and these just happened to be supporters of his party. Dirty, dirty, dirty politics all the way, just as this was. Uh, the privatization of Highway 407 ETR has been a source of significant criticism, especially regarding the increase in tolls, plate denial, and false charges. In addition, the safety of segments constructed following the safe uh, freeway has been called into question. They're not necessarily looking after it. Now, I bring all this up because... Um, The two little rides I took on two days on that highway cost me $71.81. Like almost $72 to drive a highway that my taxes, and yours, if you're Ontario, paid for. Here's the charges. $57. Forty-six toll charge. When you get on and off, there are cameras, right? You don't pay a guy at a toll booth. It used to be twenty-five cents. No, there's cameras. Fifty-seven, forty-six for that. Uh, trip toll charges. They just add on a dollar per trip. Any trip you take, we're gonna add another dollar on there. So two dollars for that. Uh, camera charges because they used a camera because they didn't have a transponder that I would have had to buy. Camera charges for taking the pictures. $8.40, and then an account fee, because I have an account, so I'll have to pay for the fee, an account fee, $3.95, adding up to seventy-one eighty-one. absolutely outrageous, the absolutely dirt of this thing, up a highway that we should be able to use for free, uh, sold off. And the government took the money and who knows what. So anyway, there you go. That's why I never used the 407, because I just can't afford that. Like $71. I did it. Uh, It saved a hell of a lot of time. Well, half an hour. Uh, But it just made driving a lot easier. It's a treat to use it, but uh, you shouldn't have to pay. Anyway, that just wasted everybody's time. What did I say I've only got 17 minutes left? God damn it. Um, We've done the White Album. There was one more thing... No, I guess we're done at John and uh, the 407. Gosh. The White Album. Okay, all right. So, the, gosh, that's just me uh, unprepared. What am I going to say? Uh, I'm going to go off and see my friend Robin again and her dear friend Pam. I'm just going to drop by and uh, just, you know, sit around and chat. They're in a very, very neat house in uh, sort of, I'd call it downtown Toronto. Um, which is always pleasant. I'm thinking very much of going to go and see uh, Barbie tonight. Uh, I invited my wife, but uh, I have the feeling she will have other plans. Uh, After work, she sort of uh, goes off on her own on the Friday especially. So uh, anyway, we'll see about that. Um, I think it would be a good thing to do. I do want to see the movie. I want to see it in the theater. I'm going to have to sit in the handicapped section and crane my neck backwards to look up at the screen too damn close. But, uh, hey, that's the price you pay when you're a cripple. So, uh, I I know, we don't use that word anymore. But, hey, I used it, and uh, there you go. So, gosh, darn it. You know what I probably should do is just end this and put in a Beatles song at the end to... uh, close it off i think that's what we'll do so i don't know if it's anything else i've um i'm having fun doing this i'm very glad to be actually that the book the body got me out walking and getting exercise and fresh air every day uh, you know i might even complete the journey i might just say the hell with it yeah i think i'm gonna do it i think i'm gonna go the whole way i'm gonna say i'm gonna boot on from here get up off this bench and uh, do the rest of the walk so uh, there you go 12 minutes five minutes to go we'll see uh we'll see what happens and who knows gosh i could even do less than an hour but that's pretty unlikely isn't it yeah all right scarborough dude signing off bye for now